This is a presentation of DSP Media. the fitness zone this is episode three and we have a good one here for you today we have a special guest trevor parks the biohacker ninja himself from american ninja warrior is going to be with us in the studio today as always in the fitness zone i'm tyson pfeiffer i'm here with chris, chris Ombe. chime in how's your week going it's going good good just i actually got back from the doctor i had to go get some uh had to go get some blood i had to go get an old man oil change which we'll talk about that for the next episode you get that uh, get that old man uh old man oil out of you which uh yeah. is gonna roll into our topic that could be a little biohacking trick i'm not that knowledgeable about biohacking i know chris you know a little bit about it that's why we have a special guest here today let's just jump right into it He's a good friend of mine. I know him from NBC's American Ninja Warrior. We've known each other for quite a few years. We ride mountain bikes together. A lot of our fitness journey, running, OCRs, we train together. So a good friend of mine, Trevor Parks, Biohacking Ninja. You can find him on Twitter at Hacking Zero. Um, Just Google his name, Trevor Parks. He's not Korean, Um, just in case you were concerned. I was waiting for the applause break there. He's not Korean. yeah, podcast is a little different. There's no uh, no laughter at the at the bad punchlines. But let's I, he's here with me. You can hear him start to laugh, ladies and gentlemen, at the Fitness Zone podcast. Trevor Parks. Yay! He's in the building. Hey, Trevor. Hey guys, it's, it's good to be here. I, I haven't done a podcast interview in quite some time, so this is this should be fun. Nice. So, Trevor, um, you are known. That's that's basically how you got on the show. That in your military background on American Ninja Warrior. Fill us in on how you got into biohacking, what age it started to interest you, how it's kind of helped you along your fitness journey. So biohacking, you know, became an interest to me several years ago. Let's be clear. I turned 50 this year. And and just so you know, 50 is basically bullshit. And I got interested in biohacking around the time I turned 40 because everyone was telling me, just wait till you turn 40 because everything's downhill from there. And I thought, no that's not going to happen to me. So I was looking at every possible mechanism I could to get ahead in life and make sure that it wasn't 40 when that happened to me. So that's, that's kind of when I get started into learning about different things in biohacking and its impact on us as humans, as we age, and just, I've learned a lot over the past 10 years. And this is why I'm interested and Chris, I'm sure you are too in biohacking. I just turned 40 and uh, I'm finding weird things starting to happen to my body. I got it happens in one. I got one eye going bad. I have one nostril that doesn't work. And I only have one functioning testicle. Like that's a whole episode to itself, but I still live strong. So I'm totally interested in biohacking. So when I'm uh, when I'm old men like you guys breaking that 50 in uh, 10 years plus, um, I'll be going just as strong. <laughs> well, you and Lance Armstrong got more in common than we, than we thought. All right. Thank you for getting that joke from 2003. I was just waiting for somebody to chime in on that. Uh, Trevor, tell us more about biohacking. So biohacking doesn't involve becoming a crazy scientist or executing any crazy experience on your body. It's I look at it as, as a method of applying lifestyle changes to optimize your own personal biology a little bit. For many biohackers, it's kind of evolved over the past several years where it's become trendy to do biohacking type of activities. But really, it's about making small incremental changes uh, that help improve your health your overall well-being. It could be anything from promoting quick weight loss to enhance brain function. 
Uh, a lot of people, as you get older, get into anti-aging components of biohacking, uh, longevity, and even younger people, 20s and 30s, will often look to biohacking to increase performance. And you know, there's different goals for biohacking, and there's a lot of different things you could do. We can, I could speak for hours about this topic and just scratch the surface on the different things that are available to us in the market today, whether it's experimenting with some sketchy things or just something that's just common that just not as well known. So it, just just to back the train up just a little bit, is the actual term biohacking from trying to hack biology? It, yeah, actually it is. It's It comes from hacking the biology, doing something that that may not be natural in your mind, but it may be something that you've done to yourself over the years negatively. Maybe you don't have good habits. Maybe you smoked uh, cigarettes for a long time and you need to correct your health. There's things you could do to biohack to actually correct some of that bad smoking habits you had in, in your younger days. Chris, what's awesome. one habit that you have that you'd like to be biohacked? Man, I like little uh, purple African midgets. I don't know. Can you help me with that? that I don't problem? know where that came from. I don't know if there's a biohack for <laughs> yeah, that. Med- meditation, I think. Medita- meditation. Some meditation. Hey, I'll t- I tell you what. One of the biohacking, I think you, you mentioned uh, the biohacking to enhance brain function. So I just had back surgery uh, on uh, December 3rd. And I lost all feeling in both legs. So I was taking 3,600 megs of gabapentin a day. Okay. Uh, with that, much, uh, uh, I don't know if I decrease NAD, but my short-term memory went, I, I couldn't even remember your name, to be honest with you. So it, can you give me, is there some examples of how I could increase my brain function through biohacking if that's I have short-term memory? Yes, that's, that's a great question. And, and I do want to quickly comment on the gabapentin. Um, I, Tyson knows my dog, Tasha, that we lost last year. Uh, and she was on gabapentin um, prior to that time. And I could tell she was having some memory issues when she was on it. So I, I, know, I know where you're going with this. Not, not that there's a correlation between. <laughs> Basically, Chris doesn't go to a real doctor. He goes to a vet. <laughs> a veterinarian it's and, cheaper uh, <laughs> it's cheaper that way i get i get all my supplements from the veterinarians what are you talking about <laughs> they're cheaper and and you know to bring this back full circle so the best things for your memory is sleep I and mean, the optimizing sleep that is the number one biohack i give everyone it's the easiest to do uh, or it should be because if you get the correct type of sleep you this is when all all memory is stored and laid into the brain. And if you're not getting the correct amount of sleep and the correct type of sleep, those memories can't be stored. And your your brain doesn't know where to go to recall information. It doesn't know how to uh, pull in data to make it usable. So you become uh, basically cognitively impaired and um, it stacks over time. So if you have a long duration without getting good sleep, it's just going to become more problematic over time. So optimizing your sleep, and there's a lot of ways to do that. For instance, the number one thing I tell everyone is, A, try not to eat or drink anything two to four hours before bedtime and always wake up at the same time every day, no matter what, even if you end up going to bed late, you want to reset your circadian rhythm to where you're always waking up at the same time. It'll actually set a good mechanism for your body to repair on a regular schedule and your brain will lay down those the foundations. So sleep is number one. I could talk a lot about sleep all by itself, supplementation for helping sleep. 
such as magnesium, don't take caffeine six to eight hours before you go to sleep. Uh, just a few things like that are great ways to optimize the brain and its storing of memories. There's some supplements you could use as well, uh, but you know, I'll pause there for a second and ask, how, how are you sleeping? Well, that's a good question. Uh, so when you say sleep and quality sleep, let's talk about people talk about six to eight hours of sleep. I mean, a duration of sleep. To me, my issue is, are you talking about how many times we go in the rim? What's, what do you mean by quality sleep? Good, good question. And so everyone is a little different. I don't like to put everyone in the same bucket, but as a general rule, you know, six to eight hours is, is the wheelhouse where the most people benefit the best. Um, but the quality of sleep is actually as important, if not more important. So you need to hit all the cycles where you get deep sleep and REM. Um, about 20, 25% of your sleep should be deep sleep and 20, 25% should also be REM roughly. Uh, and so those are things, if you don't have a sleep tracking mechanism, you know, that it always helps. Like I have the aura ring that helps me monitor my sleep. So I know exactly the type of sleep I'm getting, but there's a lot of sleep tracking devices out there that you what? could use. But, uh, but that is a good, a good indication of good sleep. Um, tracking your HRV, heart rate variability is a good way to know uh, your health status and your how, what type of sleep you're getting, because that will help you understand if your body's recovered from whatever you did the day before, which happens during your sleep. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, answer perfectly. But because uh, I'm, I'm about to get rid of my. There's a lot of men out there probably who snore. Okay, my wife, right when I'm getting deep, like right when I get into sleep, she wakes me up. So she probably wakes me up five, six times a night and says, "Turn over," because I'm snoring. So I personally, even though I might get six, eight hours of sleep, I don't think I hit REM. I don't think I go into uh, theta. Or I think it's theta, right? That's the deepest. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. So my sleep is probably even though I say I sleep six to eight hours and I wake up at four o'clock every morning, um, it's probably the worst sleep because she wakes me up every time I get real like well, I start snoring. She just it's like, dude, just forget about it and just go to go to sleep, man. So I usually it, go to it, sleep. Disruptive sleep is not good. Uh, our dog wakes us up. She snores a lot, Bella. So I, I know I know what you're talking about and disruptive sleep and finding out why you're snoring um, will help, you know, but I agree with you. That's that's something that you should explore to understand, you know, what's disrupting your your sleep. Yeah. So I'm curious about this biohack. So your your body actually knows the difference if you're getting six to eight, six to eight hours of sleep a day um, if you are waking up at the same time every day. So say so you normally go to bed at midnight and you wake up at 8 a.m. And then you're out one night having a little uh, extra fun and you go to sleep at four, you should still wake up at eight and not sleep a full eight hours to keep that consistent. Correct. Correct. So the, 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 there's been a ton of research on this. And so your body is used to get acclimates really well to patterns. And if you consistently wake up at the same time or within about an hour, we're not saying you have to wake up at the exact same time, but within roughly an hour ish is, is the research that I've seen your body starts a trigger of events that cascade throughout the day. You know, there's waking time and these things occur throughout the day and your body knows this. So if you sleep through this moment in time, uh, you've disrupted that schedule that your body's accommodated to. So uh, if you find you're getting tired throughout the day because you were up late, you know, you'll it'll make up over time. That sleep debt will be recovered. However, you know, you can take naps. 
you know, take a 20, 30 minute nap that often helps recharge and reset because that's when it'll, it'll store a lot of those memories that occurred during that time and let you refresh. But yes, your body does know. And you want that schedule to start at the same time throughout the day. I right, see educational. We're learning something here today. So um, let's jump ahead on uh, biohacking. We could probably spend the whole episode just on sleep. Um, what is one of your favorite biohacks or one of your biohacks that you seen the most improvement in your whatever category you want to put it in, in your training in your life um, one little hack that you've seen the most improvement from so for me personally and and you you know this uh, from training with me is i love the fast fasting there's a lot of variations of fasting and some people get religious about it and there's a lot of reasons why fasting is is uh, advantageous to us but for me personally i i do a lot of different variations of fasting. Sometimes I go two, three days without eating, just uh, live on uh, non-calorie liquids, coffee and water. Uh, I'll do work, full workouts during those days. I may supplement a little bit with bone broth and things of that nature, but um, I do one meal a day oftentimes, or I just do uh, a meal um, late afternoon, or I'll do 16 hour eight uh, windows of fasting and just eat a couple meals in eight hours. So there's a lot of different ways, but I think fasting, is a great mechanism that allows the body to enter this thing called autophagy. Uh, Google it. Autophagy uh -huh. is, is how you may pro uh, phonetically pronounce it. But what that means is cellular um, cleanup of the body. So once you mm -hmm. go roughly 12 hours uh, is what a lot of research suggests without any calories, um, your cells start cleaning up all the dead cells. And so that's the more you can do that, the more frequently those cells get cleaned up with inside your body and your internal organs, internal processes work a little more efficiently. So when you do um, have issues, they're already working well. You know, when you do get sick, you want to recover as quickly as possible. So you don't want a, a bunch of uh, poorly functioning organs to have to also fight off a sickness. So is that 12 active hours or just 12 hours in general? Like, can you be sleeping for eight of those 12 hours? Absolutely sleep. It doesn't matter. Your body doesn't care. It just needs a break. Yeah. So I actually, actually got into a fasting habit just by my schedule living in California. I would leave the house at five, six o'clock to go out to shows, open mics, whatever I was doing in LA. And I wouldn't get back until sometimes two in the morning. And then I would go to sleep and then I'm waking up like around seven or eight. So that I was naturally going 12 hours plus without eating. I would eat before I would leave and just have, you know, drink or two while out um all kinds of drinks alcoholic and non-alcoholic um, I, I would go 12 hours plus without food and that pattern didn't really affect my training at all i was still training doing cardio working out and it kind of broke the the myth um the old like chris and i both used to uh bodybuilding where you were told you had to feed the machine every few hours right and uh, so it's interesting that I naturally got into this fast and it didn't slow me down or impede my my training at all, which is pretty interesting. I think the listeners need to also know, too. I mean, people talk about the 816 or the 24 hour fasting and stuff, and they a lot of them do it just for, you know, insulin resistance and just to stop that pancreas from dumping that insulin. But there's there's more benefits from a cellular level that they need to research and study on. And I think if more people understood about that they would they would do the fasting and i, I don't know you know fasting or just 
I like I do eight I do uh, eight sixteen. It's pretty much what I do. Or I'll just go every six hours without eating, so I won't eat for six hours. So I eat three times a day. Where Tyson, you and I used to eat every freaking two hours, right? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, I, I haven't been able to make it to the 24, 48, 48 hours like you guys. I haven't made it past the shakes. <laughs> but I think now that I'm older and I'm not training like I used to, and now I'm basically have just started doing the six hours in between, uh, I feel a lot better. I'll be honest with you. I have more energy. I don't shake. Uh, and, at, and at night before I go to bed, uh, you know, I, I just don't have any complex. To be honest with you, I just basically have all protein. So, so I definitely want to know. Go ahead. That's a future episode, Chris. We should both uh, do a like a 24-hour fast right before we, we record an episode and uh, talk about how we're feeling. And, oh, I'd, uh, I'd, be, I'd be mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be mean scattered. No, we do do that and then train, then come back. So that's what's amazing to me. What you're doing is is, is you're training and fasting. Yeah, it's, you know, in your body really, unless unless you're doing really, really high um, intensity workouts, your, your body has plenty of resources to accommodate most training. And even if you do the high intensity, it can survive one. If you do a back-to-back, maybe a two-a-day workout, then then you probably need to re- refuel if you want to be able to maintain a high level. But your body is more than capable. We can do far more than uh, we give ourselves credit for, and you will get the benefits from it. Um, but you do need to refuel between workouts oftentimes. But to get that workout done, and I do it, Tyson will tell you, we'll be out running, we'll do a, be the 5K, and, and he's like, man, I'm hungry. And I'm like, I haven't eaten since – you know, yesterday, <laughs> Tuesday. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like to eat, man. Feed the machine. And, hey, Trevor, not that uh, you mentioned before you're in the military. What branch of military were you in? Air Force. Yeah, I was in the Marines, and I just didn't know if that discipline came from. Uh, what was your MOS in the military and the Air Force? I, you know, I built bombs and missiles and loaded them on aircraft. Okay. So anyway, yeah. next topic, please. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to see what he has in his garage over here. No, but I do, want him, on my, I do want him on my side though. So um, we don't have that much time left, Trevor, but uh, I kind of wanted to get into how do you feel that your biohacking techniques helped you out when training for American Ninja Warrior? That's a good question. And for me personally, it's all about recovery. I know the, the one thing that I've noticed the most as I've, hit what they call midlife is recovering from the harder workouts are taking much longer than they did 20 years ago. I've had to find biohacks to help me recover faster so I could work out again and, and basically not get injured. And when I do get injured, I try to recover as quickly as possible. So that's one of the, I I could give you a list of different exercises and stretching routines that aren't as commonly used today um, in more traditional workouts that I use to help recover from injuries, whether it's isometric stretches versus dynamic stretches, or it's just taking very strategically um, supplements, supplementation to help recover, whether it's essential amino acids or just magnesium and targeting things that I know will help me recover faster. Give me, give me three things that you do to recover faster. I know you just mentioned it, but I mean, like I, when I think about hacking, the only thing that I used to do to help recover was, you know, I, I would do cryotherapy. That was one thing that I would do. I know it's probably outdated, but that's 
that's what I would do is crowd therapy. And then the intermittent fasting was another uh, one that I would do to help recover. Cause I'm 52. It, it is, like you say, it is harder to recover. I don't recover as fast as I used to. Give me three things that I can do to recover faster after a hard session in the gym. So, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of essential amino acids, you know, even branch chain amino acids will help recover faster. That's essential amino acids are the best. They, they will okay. directly, they're, they're most absorbable, fastest. Your body's going to take them in the quickest. Protein shakes, that's that's the next thing I think is second um, to amino acids. You know, once amino acids are a little more expensive than protein shakes, it just depends. And then I like to uh, do active recovery. Uh, so if you've done a heavy workout, you know, I like to actually lightly work that muscle group again, say either later that day or the next day uh, in a more dynamic fashion, not, not with weights. That actually was speed recovery. And if you're familiar with um, isometric stretching, those will actually help recover um, from not just working out, but injuries as well. So those, those are just really basic things that everyone should just work into their everyday routine. And then uh, the last thing I would say is there's a few things that everyone's deficient in and vitamin D and magnesium are two of the biggest okay. and your body just cannot recover without those supplemented properly. Yeah. And the vitamin D played a big role in the whole, you know, COVID pandemic. COVID thing. Yeah. Yeah. Americans sure. are um, deficient in vitamin D. Yeah. It's, it's a big systems. problem out there since our food and uh, people don't get exposed to enough of it through their normal day to day. So on the MRP, that's what do you like uh, a whey protein, like a casein? What do you we like the best for as the absorption of the uh, protein drink? Man, that's that's a topic that can be debated through the ages, and and I prefer food. To be honest with you, eggs I are the too. number one. I know that's Tyson's favorite eggs. No, I don't eat eggs at all. He's, he's a <laughs> well, they're disgusting. But eggs, case they're, a day. fifty percent of an egg. Um, will be absorbed by your body. And that's higher than any other food out there. Um, So I just kill eggs all the time. Um, And that's usually enough for me. If I feel that I'm really need to get an extra protein boost, I'll do whey protein is typically where I go with that. Like it gets, it's faster. Yeah. The BV of eggs is one of the highest and that's what's, that's what I take in. I agree with you. Just as far as my training background um, and my decades now, um, making me sound old decades now of training for me, different brands of protein. Um, as long as it's been whey over soy and combined with food, I haven't really noticed much difference for me. It's more about getting the grams in, um, and finding that balance where it's not too much protein where it just goes right through you and you just take it a massive dump a few minutes later. Um, <laughs> no. cause you hell no, you did too much protein. It's, uh, it's uh, going to run to the lobby. Yeah, it is coming out. It's like a full force right there. Don't like you're dehydrated. So for me personally, um, protein intake has just been about uh, not so much what, what brand, just whey protein and um, getting those grams in with a combination of supplements and food. So, yeah, just my little my little nuggets there of protein. Chris, any other uh, biohacking questions? No, man. I think it's – well, what it's going to do is it's definitely going to make me research it and get more involved into it. So. At 50, I mean, I'm looking for, like we're looking for everything that we can to, like you say, our, it's called the fitness zone for a reason. You know, we're st- doing everything we can to get stay in the zone and get in the end zone, you know, and turn this clock back. So I think biohacking, I'm very glad that he came on today because it's opened my, my mind up to 
start researching the biohacking stuff and also isometric stretching. I've, I've always done more dynamic stretching. I would like to look into more of the isometric stretching as well. Isometric stretching is going to help you recover from injuries as well as make them stronger. So I, I'm really surprised it's not more publicly known how, how great that is. Real quick, you guys want to just let everybody know the difference between dynamic and isometric stretching? Sure. So, so isometric stretching um, is, is when you activate the muscle and stretch it at the same time. Um, and so it's, it sounds a little counterintuitive, but, but there, are, there are ways to do that. And dynamic stretching is when you're moving while stretching the muscle. And versus static stretching, what's that? Which is static well, stretching? Know, I mean, everybody know what we – Yeah, so static stretching static. is when you just – you push – the muscle to uh, its its limits and you hold it there. Exactly. That's static stretch. Like the old stretching you do in PE, like in elementary school. Yeah. Now, are you yeah. kind of uh, anti-static uh, and more going I, dynamic isometric? I, so I've learned over the years, I used to be anti-static, but I've kind of come full circle. There, There's a use case for all of them. There's a reason it's been around and it hasn't been completely debunked because it does make sense for certain scenarios or for certain situations. So I, I think you need to ask yourself why you're doing it and if there's yes. a benefit from it. Um, and if you can't answer both those questions, then maybe you shouldn't probably do it. You just see so many guys in the gym just static stretching. It's like, hey, it's uh, 10 years ago, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to and be like, hey, we got this new podcast on uh, – DSP exactly. Media called the uh, Fitness Zone. Give us a give us a listen. This is about about to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, I'd like to thank Trevor Parks for jumping on with us and explaining. Just kind of scratch the surface on biohacking. If any listeners have questions on any of the topics, feel free to hit up Trevor uh, on Twitter. His handle is at hacking zero, just all one word, hacking zero. Or follow us on Twitter. Follow him, but also follow us if you have questions. Ask us on Twitter at DFW Fitness Zone. Or shoot us an email, askthefitnesszone at gmail.com. Again, that's askthefitnesszone at gmail.com. Shoot us an email, ask us questions for myself, Trevor, or Chris about any topics we've covered in these episodes. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. Subscribe to the podcast on DSP Media. And speaking of DSP Media, this episode was brought to you by Gaba for Men, powered by Testofin. Gava for Men is a safe, powerful, effective, and designed to help increase your circulation and blood flow. Gava for Men acts as a natural anabolic enhancer that burns away that stubborn belly fat. It'll restore lost energy and even help build strong, lean muscle. And more importantly, Gava for Men can give you back the confidence you need for a better physical and mental performance at work, home, and in that bedroom. Optimize your physical performance, build stronger, leaner muscle, improve your mood, and feel younger all the time. That's GABA for men powered by Testofen. That's GABA spelled K-A-V-L-A. Crazy spelling, GABA, K-A-V-L-A. Look for GABA for men on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Amazon, or just Google it on the web, GABAforMen.com. And as you feel younger and have more energy, then you can go to the Highlands Golf Performance Center, another sponsor. It's the premier golf practice facility in Dallas. They have 65 grass greens, Two practice putting services, a short game area, bunker areas with two types of sand. So if you're looking for a place to bring the family, do a team building event, they have an 18 mini hole golf course with a par threes and par fours. And it's covered, it's heated tees. So it's the best place to practice year round. So if it's rain, sleet, or snow, you got a place to go. 
So just added, they just added a new putting indoor putting area and they have PGA teaching professionals to get your game needs to be. They have a TPI certified golf fitness instructor, which is me, Chris Ombi, to help you get your body back in the game. They're located in Carrollton on Trinity Mills in between Midway and Marsh. So make sure to tell them that the Fitness Zone sent you. Give them a call at 972-733-4111 or check them out at the web at highlandspgc.com. That's highlandspgc.com. Awesome. And that is this episode of the Fitness Zone. Next episode, we'll be talking about Chris's old man oil change. We're talking about my first downhill enduro mountain bike race, which is happening this weekend. Uh, lots more to come. Hit us up on Twitter. Follow us. Thanks again for Trevor Parks from American Ninja Warrior, the biohacker himself, for uh, jumping in and teaching us all a little something. We'll see you next time in the fitness zone. Fitness zone.